What's up, my sweet angels, and happy Sunday. Welcome back to Brunch with Desby and Archie. You want to say hi, buddy? Um, okay, he, he just kind of looked at the mic, so I apologize for that. He's He got a little bit of stage fright. Um, me and Archie are hanging out here while Maddox takes a nap, and I'm going to see how far... I can get in this podcast, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, uh, we'll see how we go, how we go. You know what I'm saying? Um, hopefully Archie will fall asleep, but we'll see. Um, welcome back though. Thank you guys so much for the love on last week's podcast. Um, sharing my story, sharing the details of it that I usually don't. And if you listen to last week's episode, you understand why, um, I got, not only extremely emotional, but it's, it's embarrassing. Like if you put yourself in my shoes with what I went through, it is so embarrassing. Like there's really no other word to use. Um, but I came out of it. I'm stronger. And if you think about it in a weird way, like I'm literally here right now because of it. So strange way how life works, you know what I mean? But today I wanted to talk a little bit about conversations we're having in marriage, marriage in general. This past week, my husband and I, Wyatt, celebrated our three-year anniversary. And along with that, I also got a message that I will play from someone that wanted to talk a little bit about that conversation of knowing if you're ready for kids. So I wanted to kind of group them both together because if there's one thing that I don't see talked about often, it's marriage struggles. And I understand because I do think certain things in a marriage need to stay, need to stay private, can stay private. No one owes anyone that kind of transparency in such a private relationship. But I did want to shed a little bit of light on my experience as not only a child of divorce, but then going through divorce again later on. And I just want to share that transparently because it was a lot to process in our first year of marriage. And now going into three years of marriage, we now have two kids. We've worked through things. I've worked through things. Wyatt's worked through things. It's been just a really beautiful journey. And so I do want to open up about that because it is, I think a lot of us can relate, you know, a lot of us come from a divorced background or as everyone, it's a fear. It's a fear and you don't realize how scary it is until you're about to walk down the fucking aisle and you're realizing, holy shit, I'm going to have the same dick forever. Do Am I okay with that? No, just kidding. But for real, you're like, oh my gosh, this is my person. This is, this is forever, you know? And so I just want to explore that topic today and chat with you guys a little bit about it. But in other news, last week, obviously, DBFT Fit Guide 1.0 went on sale. It was fantastic, guys. You you were all hype. You came for blood, and I am fucking sore, okay? It's Wednesday. You guys know the vibe I record on Wednesdays. I am so sore from the workout quaddy hottie. I cannot elaborate enough. Like, I have not back squatted like that in a very very long time. I'm still learning kind of how to reintegrate my core. I'm still relearning my stature, my biomechanics, since I don't have that front load of my belly anymore. You know, you get so used to squatting for say seven months, once you get a little bit of a belly and you're working around it, that when you don't have it anymore, you have to readjust, like (laughs) you have to readjust the way that you're squatting. Right. So it's, it's been literally a journey. Okay. So anyways, I'm extremely sore. What I did for you guys though, and this is not public, so please shut your fucking mouths. 
And listen, if you're listening to this on Sunday, when it drops, I still have the fit guide available for you for $55. Okay. After today, it goes up to 65. Do not miss out. I know it's just, I know it, you know, oh, it's, it's only $10, but it's $10 that you get to save. Okay. And it's six weeks. I mean, I'm sorry, eight weeks, <laughs> eight weeks when our programs are typically six weeks. So let, let's do that math real quick. I'm, I'm not good on the spot. So please do not make me feel insignificant right here. That is $6.87 per week for five workouts. So that is, you're paying, let's see, 6.87 divided by five. You're paying $1.30 per workout that you get on a full app with workout demonstration, videos, form tips, exercise tips, a Facebook group, and I'm doing the program alongside of you. Okay. So do not miss out. Um, it was, it was a hit. All of you guys are like, I'm so sore. I'm loving the workouts, et cetera. So I don't want you to miss out either. We have a full app upgrade coming in 2023. You guys are going to shit your pants. I, I think I've said that every single episode for the past month, but I'm so serious. Like this app upgrade is everything I've ever wanted. Um, Archie, what are you doing? What are you doing? I swear he's like kind of crawling. So I look down, I'm like, how the, how'd you get there? How'd you get over there? Go back. <laughs> so anyways, um, everything you've ever wanted uh, in everything I've wanted. So that is coming soon. Other news for the week, Handmaid's Tale dropped last week. Okay. Obviously, um, we're going into week two this week. By the time we listen here, we're going to be, you know, going into week three. I get it. I'm behind. Okay. By the time you listen to this, it's not new news. I'm, I'm aware, but episode one and two, cause they did a two part drop last week. Fucking in fucking sane. Okay. Excuse my language, but WT mother freaking F June has felt off her goddamn rocker. Serena is still a CUNT and it, it was the ending for me. Okay. Fast forward. If you don't want a spoiler alert at the, at the fucking end of that second episode, when Serena bitch face got Hannah to bring that flower to her. my skin was fucking crawling. It was so fucking epic though. It was a great way to start the season. So new episode drops tonight. Um, what else I've watched this week? The bachelorette guys, I wanted to literally shoot my brain out of my skull watching that final, that finale final after the rose, all that shit. Number one, new bachelor, Zach. I'm never fucking watching this franchise again. Like I'm so serious. I'm done with it. I'm over it. Zach is weird. I'm sorry. He gives me American psycho energy. Like I feel like he would be a complete freak in bed, but like gives off this really fucking weird calculator using awkward person vibe. I don't like him. I'm sorry. I know. I know I'm judging. I'm so aware of that. I bet you he's a great person in real life, but I'm a judger. I'm judging reality TV. I think we all do. Okay. So from what I see of him, don't like him. Sorry. I don't like him right now. And then they did. Oh my God, guys. I had to turn off the finale because I was so fucking embarrassed. Like literally, dude, I was shoving my face into my pillow and Wyatt, Wyatt literally took the remote. He's like, dude, I'm turning this shit. This is so bad. And like, I let him because it was, oh my God, it was so cringy. They flew five people out there and surprise the new bachelor, Zach, with meeting five of the contestants, like on the spot, dude. It was so, it was so awkward. Like 
Oh my God. It was so bad. I, I like don't even know the words for it. So anyways, fast forward, um, the episode fucking sucked. Do you know what I mean? I just, I kept up with the rest of what happened off of chicks in the office on their Twitter. Like that's the only way I found out. I absolutely love Gabby. I feel like a lot of us do. Um, she is just so funny. Like even at one point during the bachelorette finale, she was like, I, she said something like, he was like, are you surprised? Maybe he said like, are you surprised you found love or something? She goes like, yeah, like I, I hate men and like, honestly, same. So I feel so seen when she speaks. Um, she's just funny. She's, you can tell she's not rehearsed. And I really like that about her. And I think that's what captivated a lot of America to enjoy her. Rachel, she's just a little bit more professional. She's a pilot. She has an image she has to maintain and carry. And I totally get it. Um, and I only wish happiness for them both. It, it was just such a cringy end. And like, I'm glad that at least Gabby walked away with something. She walked away with the fiance that are, you know, they're going through their own little battles right now, but like go off, they're confident. And then she's on dancing with the stars. So speaking of reality TV, continuing on, I like to do my little, you know, catch up recaps dancing with the stars this year of honestly, a bop, honestly, a bop. Okay. The fact that Charlie D'Amelio is on it at first, I was a little bit pissed off. Cause I'm like, dude, she literally is a fucking dancer. Like not just a TikTok dancer. She literally is a dancer. And then they put her mom on it, on it too. And I was just like, Oh, like this is so awkward. Um, but honestly go off. Like they, they're getting so, all of them are getting so much clout. Like it's crazy how the D'Amelios went from a TikTok name to like, they're a household name now. Like when you make it on ABC, you're a fucking household name. You know what I'm saying? So good for them. Um, but it's going to be a banger. Like I said, Gabby's on it too. So I'm tuning in. I think that'll be fun. I, you know, all the rest of TV though, honestly, is just trash right now. Like I feel like the only place I find enjoyment is like Hulu, Netflix, and like HBO max, to be honest. Um, okay. The last thing I wanted to do add a recommendation in the week. Um, I don't have the correct name on me right now. I might, I might butcher it. Cause I just started watching it. Is it called for this, the sin for the sins of my mother or sins of my mother sins for my mother? If you're probably nodding your head right now, like, Oh my God. Yes, bitch. I already watched it. I've started watching it again. Today's Wednesday. Okay. And it is very good. I remember seeing this true crime story come about, you know, a few years ago or whatever. And it really rattled me. Cause I was like, what the F? So obviously this girl is an, an FLDS, Latter-day Saints. Okay. Like they, they just got some crazy shit going on in that religion. And I'm, I'm not dogging it at all, but you got, you got some weird shit going on with some weird people, not all of them. Okay. But there's some, there's some crazy true crime that comes out of the LDS community. All right. Um, and then if you haven't watched, I recommended this a few months ago, keep sweet, pray and obey bitch threw me out of the window threw me out of the window. I was not expecting that. So anyways, really good show. Um, the other one that I haven't watched yet, but it just dropped on net on Netflix is the Dahmer documentary, Jeffrey Dahmer. Am I going to watch it? Absolutely. The only thing I will say though, haven't we talked about that motherfucker enough? Haven't we, haven't we had enough fucking documentaries on this bitch? Do we, do we really need to cover him again? The only reason why I think we keep revisiting these eighties, 70s 80s killers and like serial killers is because nowadays we don't have serial killers there's not an opportunity to be a serial killer you will be found within five minutes because of a girl on tiktok you know what i mean like it is 
it's not a thing anymore. And so I think how we kind of fantasize what it used to be is like kind of dark, but also like, don't we all kind of love dark? It's a weird part of our brains, right? Where we're like, how are they killed? What did it look like? <laughs> how much blood? Tell me how much blood there was. It's a weird, it's a weird concept, right? But I think death is so fascinating because especially murder, right? Homicide. You're like, how, how does one do that? How do you know? It just, you get cryptic in your mind and you're just kind of like, mm. I've heard the show mind hunter mind hunter is really good. Like for that too. Um, anyways, my point is that's new as well. Will I watch it? Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely, I definitely will. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not. So that's kind of what's on my recommendation this week. Speaking of spooky, spooky merch launches October 1st. Keep your calendars peeled, marked, and alarm set because we have a new design coming as well, as well as new offerings. So even if you bought a t-shirt last year, we're going to have new stuff with logos on it. So it, it'll be fucking sick. Okay. It'll be fucking sick. Last thing I want to do is my skincare corner per use because I have to put, I have to put you guys on this newest part of my makeup routine. I've put on makeup three times, eh, probably by the time you're listening to this, actually four times in a week, four out of seven days I wore makeup. That's, that is a flex for me. That's a huge flex. So I've been on my new makeup routine and I've really been loving it. All right. Number one, what I use is my Ilia skin tint. I really love my skin tint. It's not a foundation. It's a little bit light, lighter than that. And it's the opportunity for your skin to really glow without having that large amount of foundation on. Now, if you want to go full coverage, like honestly go off. I've heard that the uh, Charlotte Tilbury flawless filter or no filter flawless foundation, whatever. I heard that's a bop. Um, but I personally, for me, less is more. So that is, that's what I'm using under, well, on top of my Tula primer, Tula primer forever till I die. Period. Um, after that I've been using, um, my Dior concealer. I'm not one to like be like, Oh, it's Dior, but I just did it. I saw it on TikTok. I bought it. No shit. And really loved it. Really have been loving it. It's, I got like the perfect shade for my face. It's felt really natural and I enjoy it. So I put that under my eyes, a little bit on my chin, a little bit on my forehead. After that, I'm using my Dibs Beauty Stick. Guys, do not buy it. Do not buy it because you will want to buy 900 more sticks, okay? I call it a Dibs Stick. It kind of sounds like you're calling someone a dipstick, which I don't even know what that means anymore. It's probably a slur nowadays, so I'm, I apologize in advance if it is. But that's what we used to call kids in like sixth, sixth grade. You're a dipstick. <laughs> anyway, dibs, D-I-B-S, dibs stick. Um, it has like a blush on one side, like a liquidish brush, blush, I don't know. And then the other side is the same type of like stick. And it's like a crayon on both sides. It's like a crayon, a blush, and then a bronzer slash um, contour, love. Then I also got this uh, highlight stick. So I've been using that as well. Then I, I set it with my Laura Mercier powder. I've always used that. Love that. And then I've been using my, um, uh, 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 Ilia, is it called limitless mascara? Love that shit. Um, my lashes have gotten so long again, which is great. Um, I feel like I was using really heavy. Like when I was using flutter habit, I think that the lashes that I was using were just too heavy 
and I left them on longer than they should have been. So like, for example, like they're supposed to be left on for four days. Right. But like, if mine lasted for like six days, I would just leave them. But the thing is, is that, and they tell you this, don't get me wrong. When you're weighing, when you're wearing a lash, that's going to weigh down your natural lashes. That's when some damage can be done and you can use like lose length. So I was keeping them on for too long a period of time and then immediately reapplying, keeping them on long again. Right. So what I wish I would have done better is actually take them off after three to four days. So I thought about doing them for a wedding this weekend, like putting them on and I I still might, I'm not going to lie. I still might, but my natural lashes are so fucking long. The only reason I love flutter habits because they're so long and voluminous. Like you have a lot of lashes. So if there's any style that I would try is the new weightless collection. And those are exactly what they sound like. They're lighter lashes. So they're not going to like damage or anything. Anyways, that's just like a sidebar, but that is, is what's been going on my face lately. I've then just been setting it with my urban decay, um, all nighter setting spray. I've been using a makeup forever lip liner, my Dior lip gloss, which absolutely love. And I'll link all of this in the show notes, but I can get my makeup done in probably under five minutes. Like if, if I had no distractions, I'm not filming a TikTok. I'm not doing a get ready with me. I'm not on my phone at all. If I sit down, I can be in and out of my makeup chair in five minutes. And if you want a video for me to prove it, I fucking will. But that has been my like skincare corner. And I only say that because I feel like when you start wearing really heavy makeup, it's hard to take off at night. So if you're still using makeup wipes, first off, you need to flush them down the toilet. Not really. I don't think they're flushable, but you need to throw them away and maybe clean your toilet with them first and then throw them away because makeup wipes are only going to damage your skin barrier and they cause micro tears in your skin. Okay. They're not made for hard makeup removal. All right. Now here's the only time where I will confidently say I can understand if you use a wipe. This is the only time if you're leaving the gym and you know, you have a few errands to run. Okay. And you don't have time to wash your face at a sink, which I personally would, but whatever, I get it. I could understand you using a slight wipe to just wipe off some excess sweat around your, you know, around your hairline, around your temples, on your neck. That's it. And even then it gives me the EBGBs to approve that for you. Okay. So make sure you're using a proper makeup removal um, technique, whether it's micellular water or my favorite, the Tula makeup, uh, no makeup oil remover. It does not sting your eyes. It doesn't sting your face. It doesn't, it doesn't cause any issues. It is just an oil that will melt in with your skin. So apply it before you add water, just apply it to your bare face and then rinse off double cleanse with a gel cleanser, continue your skin routine. It's the best way to do it. So that is, um, my skincare slash makeup corner. Um, let me know if you have any questions. All right. And let's get into this week's episode. Before we officially get into today's episode, I did want to thank my partners, Better Help. Because of them, I have been getting better with help. BetterHelp is an online teletherapy program, and within a 72-hour period, you can be matched with your own personal therapist that is applicable to you and what you are going 
through. This is an app that is directly on your phone. You're able to communicate with your therapist right then and there. And they are also going to be licensed to you based off of your locations. This isn't a, this isn't no funny business. This isn't no, you know, not qualified people helping you. These are educated professionals there to listen to you. If you use code DESB at checkout, you are able to get 10% off of your first month, or you can use my link, betterhelp.com slash DESB, and you will get 10% off of your first month. I've been with BetterHelp for over a year and a half now, and it has just really been a home away from home for me while I'm able to stay in my home. There's not a lot of licensed professionals near me that I would feel comfortable going to. And to be honest, I don't have the fucking time. So to be able to hop on my app and schedule a call when it is available to me is pretty huge and pretty awesome. So again, with code DESBY, you can get 10% off of your first month. And you can also click the link in the show notes description box link in bio and follow that as well. You'll fill out a questionnaire. And like I said, you'll be matched with a licensed therapist. So thank you, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this podcast and get better today. Mm, let's take a quick chug break. You know the drill. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I'm a little bit gross today because I'm chugging uh, Jimmy John's um, large Diet Coke. <laughs> Definitely not water over here today. Um, so, okay. Marriage, babies, ups and downs, divorce. All right. Well, I want to back up first to a little bit of, of my story with my parents. So uh, just quick, right? Just a quick recap. I'm in fourth grade. My mom and dad get divorced and fifth grade. My mom meets another man. They're dating. I'm splitting custody. Like, you know, I'm, I'm in split custody. And then my mom gets pregnant and then has my little brother, like pretty much right away. So that's my story. All right. I'm eight, nine years old. My parents were pretty civil. Okay. We had, they had their indifferences for a few years, but I will come. I will also confidently say <laughs> they kept us out of that. And for them, for them and for that, I'm, I'm very grateful. Um, very, very grateful for how my parents co-parented. I'm, I'm forever grateful. Fast forward, fast forward. I meet Wyatt. His parents are married. Very, very grateful that they're married. It's, it's, um, they, they were at the time like celebrating like 20 years, you know, whatever we meet. So it's been really cool to see them. And, you know, all these things are, are inspiring to me kind of like, it sounds silly, but having Christmas at one house, like was such a flex that Wyatt had that. Like I was like, holy shit. We, when I did Christmas with them one year, it was like, I remember vividly looking around their house and being like, wow, this is what it feels like to be a family. I hadn't experienced that since I was probably five or six years old, just because my parents were kind of like, just not vibing for a few years. Do you know what I'm, you're catching my drift. So to feel that again was very childlike, very healing to my inner child. That would be kind of like a trendy to say right now. So anyways, um, we go on to get engaged and we go on to get married and upon getting married, we go to Thailand, we come back two days later, Wyatt goes home to Florida before I go home. He, so he goes home by himself and his parents call him and tell him that they're getting a divorce. I remember Wyatt texting me or actually, I'm sorry. He called me. I was at my grandma's house at home, like in my hometown. And he calls me from Florida and he goes, Des, my mom and dad just texted me and said that they need to talk. 
And I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, what do you think it could be? And I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I just, I genuinely have no clue. He's like, do you think that they're going to get a divorce? Mind you, he's 25 years old. And I'm like, uh, no, I don't think like, no, that's kind of, that's kind of crazy. Wyatt. Like, I don't think so. He's like, okay, well I'm going to hop on the call. I'm like, okay. So then he calls me back like maybe 10 minutes later and he is bawling his eyes out and he's like, you know, they're getting a divorce and I'm just in shock. Like, I'm like, what the fuck? Like it came out of left field. And you know, at the end of the day, again, they kept it together for us to get married. It was just a difficult timing to hear it. And I'm so grateful that they're now both very happy. And it is proof that sometimes you just don't work, you know, and it's okay. And I get it, but regardless, back to the story, I all of a sudden kind of re dug up these feelings of abandonment, fear, and struggle from my parents' divorce. And when that occurred and I specifically like was not involved in that conversation, like, uh, like they didn't tell me with him, right? Like they, they, like it was just him. And then he had to call me and tell me, right? Like I'm a new wife. I'm a part of the family and I wasn't involved in this conversation. I, I can see both sides, but I was very hurt because I had, you know, lived with them and had have been so close with them it definitely affected me. Like it was my own parents, you know, like I, I was just married in the family, you know, they're my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, they're my other set of mom and dad, you know? And so it really, really stung me. And I'm only starting at this point in this conversation because it rooted up a lot of emotions for me. And I had, I carried a lot of resent against my in-laws for probably about a year and a half. That year and a half. Also, I went into postpartum. We were in COVID. I had postpartum depression for sure. I was struggling. I had a NICU baby. I had a premium. I, I was really, really, really struggling. And I, I pulled it together whenever we would all, all be around each other, but I was just going through a lot myself on top of this anger that I was dealing with another loss of parents. Not only did it affect me though, I saw it affect Wyatt. And that also pissed me off because here I am in a brand new marriage. And now if we get in a little tiff, even if it's like, why didn't you do the laundry? I thought you were going to do it. And you're like, you're annoying. You know, that little argument right there would send Wyatt into a spiral for like two weeks thinking that we were going to get divorced. Like everything that happened that was a little bit rocky in our marriage AKA fucking normal, he would equivalent immediately to getting divorced. Like, oh my gosh, we're not, we're never going to make it. And it caused a lot of, like, it caused this huge cloud over our marriage that we were just starting because everything had to almost be perfect or else Wyatt threw himself into a spiral of getting divorced. And I personally did not because I know, I know us better. However, it then continued to piss me off that his parents got divorced and then put us through that, right? Like it just wasn't the time. Let me say it like that, right? So while I was in therapy, code does be for better help. I talked to my counselor about this a lot. Like, what do I do? How do I approach this? How do I communicate? So it got better. It got better. And I will be very transparent. It got better when Maddox was about 
almost a year old. So it had been like two years since they had gotten divorced. And I felt, or I'm sorry, one year since I got divorced and I started feeling a little bit better. Mostly because again, I was coming out of that postpartum depression. Okay. And then boom, I got, I got pregnant again. So, but regardless, I didn't carry those feelings with me anymore, but it was really hard. And so I speak that only because if you're someone who has gone through a tiff with your in-laws, it's common, right? Like they're at the end of the day, they're also not your parents. So if you want someone, if you need support, who do you want? Probably your mom, probably your dad. Okay. However, it's very important, at least to me and in my marriage, that I that we're all a family, right? We're all on the same page. I love hanging with my in-laws. I love hanging with my mom, you know, whatever. So it's been, it was a struggle though. And I want to be open about that because <laughs> I agree, Archie. If you're someone going through that type of experience right now with your in-laws or you're entering into a marriage or entering into an engagement with in-laws that are maybe on your nerves or something of that sort, you have to take the initiative to fix it yourself. You like you really do. You have to work on you because there's something that you could do better or that you could communicate with your with your spouse to be that could probably make the situation better. Also, draw boundaries from the start. Okay? You have to have your personal space. You have to have your room of you and your spouse, right? It's at the end of the day you make a new family. Your new, your family is now broken off, right? You're now your own family. Therefore, if you want to do Christmas by yourselves, you fucking do it. You are on no one else's clock, but your fucking own. And I will stand by that. I will always honor traditions. I will always, you know, whatever it might be. But at the end of the day, like I said, you are your own family. Set that boundary. So when we entered out of that phase of kind of worrying about, you know, fucking consistently getting divorced, which is so just, it riles me up when I think about it because it just caused such a havoc on our first few years of marriage because it was just constantly, it was like, I felt like Wyatt was like looking over his shoulder, like scared of me, scared of like us, scared of really committing himself to our marriage because he didn't want to end up the same. Sorry, RJ is just like chatting there. There's a dancing pineapple on the screen. And I think he's like, woo, I love you. <laughs> um, so anyways, fast forward to where we're at now. We are very happily married. Like I truly feel like that cloud. We've we've actually had a lot of healing conversations about this together and why it's really opened up to me about what he thinks the divorce kind of did to him. And now that he's kind of seeing it, here's how he's feeling. Here's how he sees it, you know, whatever. And that was very, very nice for me to hear as well, because I was also able to communicate with him like, Wyatt, I felt like you were almost sabotaging our marriage. Like from the beginning, like you were self-sabotaging your marriage. Now, also though, let me tell you, you're not meant to be at home like COVID. You're not meant to be at home 24 seven with your spouse in, in that, in ever. You need a break. You need a break. So it has been very important for Wyatt and I to spend time apart. We do spend about 90% of our day together. And we, we now have for literally two and a half years. 
we have spent every fucking day together besides a few trips that we've now both integrated into our lives so that we can have that break from each other. And that's not, oh, you're annoying. That's not, oh, we're not meant to be together. That's just called being a fucking human and you needing your alone time or time to just rejuvenate with friends, time to be away from your spouse, you time to miss each other. You know what I mean? Like it's nice to leave and come back and it's nice to leave and come back and hang out and be excited to see each other. You know, you, you need that we're human. And so I don't think that has anything to do with like, Oh, you have a shitty marriage. If you don't want to be around each other all the time, it's like, um, are you fucking okay? Because I can barely be around my fucking self all day. You know, like if I could like leave my body and go take a, uh, take a trip somewhere, maybe I need to shroom it out. You know, I don't know. Do I need a microdose? Like get away from myself. Like maybe that is an option for me, but it's just called being human. So I just wanted to share that part of my story too, because if you are someone who has gone through that same exact thing of just like maybe an in-law issue, maybe the fear of divorce in general, (laughs) guys, he is literally just talk, just smiling, talking, on his belly. Like he's just chatting. He's not mad. He's just talking. He's trying to reach the microphone. I think I just made him mad because he couldn't, he couldn't grab it to talk. Um, but if you are going through something like that, or you're scared of divorce, you're scared or whatever. Number one, Number one, seek help. Okay. Honestly, get into therapy before you get married. Get into therapy while you are married. Take care of yourself while you're married. It is not fun and not easy delegating tasks and learning a new role together and learning who should be doing what, when, where, why, who's doing the finances, what name is this under, what this. When they tell you finances can ruin a marriage or like finances can cause issues, they're not lying they're not lying. You guys need to talk about how you are going to be a team and what that looks like for one another. Um, this was a huge rift for white and I for a hot minute, just kind of figuring out once he quit his job, as you guys know, what is his role? How is he going to generate income? What, what are we going to do? Um, and once I became the primary, the only income for our family, as I want Wyatt to, you know, chase his dreams and also help, you know, he's a great dad. He wants to be a dad. Um, when I stepped into that role, I'm sorry, I'm not sorry, but I'm sorry. When I, when it's like, he's interrupting me. When I stepped into that role, it was really difficult to navigate at first, but it took a lot of hard conversations to chat about and get through it. And so I just want you guys to know that those are real issues that any couple will always have. Talk about it, be about it for real. Like just have those conversations. It's hard. It's awkward. It could feel weird. You know, you might make your skin crawl, but you have to talk about it. And that's what leads to a good and full of love and life marriage. Um, same thing goes with just like sex, having sex, yeah, dude, I've been going through the ringer for like two years now. I will say my sex, my sex drive after Archie has been way higher than after Maddox. I don't know why. Well, I probably know why. Let's be honest. I went through a fuck ton of trauma. Um, but 
we are doing much better in that area um, to be very transparent. But again, it comes down to a lot of communication and, you know, being able to explain how I feel and listening to how Wyatt feels and how can we compromise? How can we learn more about each other? We're still learning about each other intimately and it's really fun. And it's really been a cool journey through postpartum because so many things do change. Once kids are involved, your timing, your ability to even just want to do it, your energy levels, all these things combined, they change. And so it's been a really interesting journey to get back into also that conversation of how, you know, what makes you like turned on? How can I do things differently? What can we do to make it fun? Like it's just, and again, it's sometimes it's awkward. It's awkward conversations of, Hey, should we try this? Or, Hey, can we do that? You know, but it's fun. It's fun. And, and when you're married, guess what? They're stuck with you. They're stuck with you. Okay. Um, so work at it together. Right. Um, so that's just my little like love corner for the day, because I did want to just embrace like my journey in that point and share it with you guys. So you do not feel alone if that's something that you're going through as well. So last part of the episode today, I just wanted to recap someone asking, um, you know, how did you know that you wanted to have kids? How did you know that you two were ready for that? And what did that conversation look like? And I think that that's a really interesting question because everyone is going to have a different approach of how they decided to become parents, right? For Wyatt and I, I distinctively remember after we got married, so I was 25, he was 24, and... um sorry if I got that wrong earlier, actually. Yeah. He was 24 when we got married. So once we got married, we were renting a house. We were renting a house and I remember us sitting on the mattress because we, we didn't have like a frame or anything. We just had a mattress and a TV on the ground. And we were like, what, like, when do we want to like start a family? We're, we're about to buy a house. We already had a house bought. We were waiting to move in. And you know, we were like, maybe within the next couple years, that was Wyatt's thing. He said, maybe in three years. And then it was like, maybe in two years. And then it got down to our conversation where he said, maybe like in a year, this was, he would have been at his company for a year and we would have been in our house for a year. You know, all these things that just kind of made sense that that was like that timeline. So when we got to that last conversation, it really came down to the fact that our goal was to wait a year, but we were in the position where if we got pregnant somehow, we could be excited about it. So I, cause I asked him, I said, if I were to get pregnant, like, could I surprise you? Like, are are we in that position where I can be like, surprise, we're going to be parents and like record it and make it cute. Or am I going to have to call you crying because you don't want it to happen? And he told me, he's like, no, 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 you, you can surprise me. Like we're in that position where if it were to happen before then, for some reason, because I was tracking my cycle religiously, et cetera, you can tell me. I said, okay. So that was kind of the conversation that we had, knowing that we were going into moving into our own home. And we kind of had this timeline set up for, you know, a year. Now, I think there's no real time of being ready to have a child. There's just not. I don't think you can ever, you can ever really 
open your eyes one morning and go, yep, I'm ready. There's always going to be that little speckle of doubt, even if you're trying that little speckle of like, oh my gosh, is this the right decision? I feel like as long as you are in a mental spot that you want to be a parent and in a financial spot where you also feel comfortable because you know, babies, babies are expensive. Then there's not really a time where I can confidently say like, you're going to feel that, that glimmer of like baby maternal instinct go off. Like it's right now. The time is now. I just knew personally for me, I always wanted to be a mom in once I met Wyatt. I didn't always want to be a mom, <laughs> but when I, once I met Wyatt, I was like, I want to have his fucking kids right now. Um, so that was kind of where I was in the position of, am I ready to be a mom? I, I had at this point too, like in my business, I had had a few employees. I, I kind of had a little bit of like a business plan. Like I knew that I could still stay afloat within also like what I was doing so that I could still have my own identity, right? I didn't just want to be a mom. I wanted to make sure that I could still be, that we could still be me, right? So that was, that's kind of like my biggest thing with, thinking, am I ready to be a parent is you, 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 you always are like, I know that's general to say, but like, as, as a woman, I should say, right. Like if you're like, oh my gosh, am I ready to be a mom? Like I want to be one, but am I ready? I feel like you're never really like ready. Like you just have to fucking do it. Right. Because once you find out there's a little baby in your belly, like you're ready, your body, your mind, your soul, your heart becomes ready. You know what I mean? Like it just, it's the most beautiful, natural thing that happens. And I just can't elaborate on it enough because it's so individual and it's, but it's so special. And you know, there's always, there's just always something about it that you will look back and be like, wow, yeah, yep. That was definitely my time, even if it was like unplanned, you know what I mean? Like you just really snap into action. So I feel like for anyone asking that question who is like, Hey, I'm ready to be a parent, but like, should I, it's like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Like, I think you should, as long as you have your personal things in line that you like, you know, you want to have set up you know, a house or a certain apartment or a certain rental or, you know, wherever you're at, if you feel comfortable where you're at doing what you're doing, absolutely. The only caveat I will say is just ensuring that you are strong in your marriage and having, like I mentioned earlier, those hard conversations. Because when you come out on the other side postpartum is so difficult on marriages and truthfully um mar- like babies won't save a marriage ever um <laughs> now i i can see no i can i can see some situations where marriage or where babies can draw you closer to your spouse and blah 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 i get it i'm i'm not speaking for everyone but babies won't just like boop, like you're guaranteed forever. You know, you still have to work on everything and keep, 
throwing it all in rotation and find that balance between, you know, work, life, parenting, relationship. So that's like the easiest way I can say it. So I personally, looking back, would do nothing different. Like having two babies back to back was hard. And I think even physically on my body, I wish I could have gotten a little bit more break. And as I mentioned a few episodes ago about kind of our decision to, you know, you know, if you listened a few episodes ago, two episodes ago for my kind of like, you know, recap and stuff of postpartum, then, you know, but making that decision, I'm like, okay, I need, I just need my body back for a while until I can make that other decision. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's how I'm feeling. That's where it's at. And, you know, uh, sometimes I just get on here and just fucking chat. And I, I know that it can be like, I don't know, maybe boring, annoying. I don't know. Today I had Archie with me. Like I apologize, but to be very honest too, today is our anniversary. Um, as you guys know, like, cause like I said, I'll tell you every time I record on Wednesdays. So today's our anniversary handmaid's tale comes out and I want to enjoy my night with Wyatt. You know, I, I really do. So I wanted to record my podcast early. Like I said, Maddox is down for a nap. He's probably honestly up or about to wake up. And uh, to have Archie with me, I apologize because typically I, I really don't like him with me. Like I, he's, he's a talker now, obviously. So I do like to have my alone time and that's when I record. But for the sake of today, I really did want to in, ensure that I could have my evening with Wyatt. So I hope you guys understand. Um, tons of great episodes coming up. I'm really excited to keep chatting with you guys every week. Um, you you guys know the vibe. I get on here. I, I talk from my heart. We chat. We share stuff. Um, and I'm really excited. So um, make sure you go grab DBFT Fit Guide 1.0 for the last day. Again, please don't, please don't tell anyone, okay? It will be $65 tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Monday, I'm sorry. Like, sorry, you missed out. Okay. Um, but I hope you have a fantastic day. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Rate, review, subscribe, share this episode, share an episode with a friend. It doesn't have to be this one. This one might not relate to a ton of people. Um, but listen to my past few episodes. Um, listen to my podcast episode from probably back in August, I believe. Uh, who the fuck am I anymore? It's one of my most streamed right now. Very, very, very special. Um, so I hope you guys have a great day. Happy Sunday. Thanks for hanging with me and we'll chat soon.